This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Let's do the show, folks. Gum, gum, gum. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please Please delete as as appropriate. The Force. Mm. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Hello there. Come here, my little friend. It sounds creepy when you just do it by itself. Let's let's be honest. Hey, guys. Welcome. It's the Star Wars Report podcast. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. So glad you've uh, joined us for another episode. Episode... T- wait, let me, hang on. Let me tally the numbers here. Uh, let's take a look. Oh, hang on. Got a note here. It's um, there's uh, oh oh episode four hundred forty four. Look at that. It seems like, I feel like we should be doing something special, but we're not. It's just literally a regular episode of the Star Wars Report, and it doesn't get any more regular than my co-host, <laughs> Mr. Bruce Gibson. <laughs> How's it going, Bruce? Welcome to the podcast. I, thank you for announcing to everyone that I am regular. Listen, I. Appreciate make- <laughs> that, and th- I love how I come on the show that you introduce as a not special episode. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, well, listen, it means you're relatable. It's a compliment. You're just oh. one of the guys. Just rate. Uh, you just oh, good you know, old Bruce. Anytime I heard a girl say that to me that I was interested in, just no, I hated that. No, you just now I'm getting it from you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. It's sorry. Well, it's good to have you back on the on the podcast, and it's good to be back with a fairly uh, regular show. Because, however, as much as we were laughing about it, it has been a series of irregular episodes recently. If you haven't, check out the last couple episodes where we had none other than Dan Madsen, Doctor David West Reynolds, archaeologist extraordinaire, discoverer of the Tatooine filming locations. Uh, we've had a bunch of cool kind of interview format episodes. Uh, just based on my work schedule, but we're back with just another regular episode, which means we're going to get into the regular news. We have something to report. Data, I have good news. Data brought to us by the Botham spies. We can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. So they're doing a a um from a certain point of view style book, an anthology book, all centered around. The Clone Wars. We talked about it a little bit on the show. However, they've released their first audiobook excerpt. Um, it, the The title of the book is Star Wars: The Clone Wars: Stories of Light and Dark. Um, that's my best Sam Witwer impression. Is that what that was? <laughs> you just have to be. You just have to speak in a really clear, deep voice that conveys an abundance of emotion. Stories of light and dark. Look. Write <laughs> yeah. that. Down. That's about right. That's yep, anyway. that's it. So anyway, uh, so but the <laughs> Maul revels in his revenge um, in this exclusive audiobook excerpt. At last, we will have revenge. Maul's words and the Phantom Menace echo throughout his life as a Sith and beyond. And in this StarWars.com exclusive audiobook, uh, <clears throat> audiobook. I can speak. Audiobook excerpt. 
of Dark Vengeance by Rebecca Roanhorse, um, taken from Star Wars The Clone Wars, Stories of Light and Dark. An older Maul recounts his tale of survival and quest for revenge against Obi-Wan Kenobi. <clears throat> watch out. I'm just listen. I'm just saying, Sam Witwer, watch out for your job. <laughs> He is listening. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't help it. I can't help it. Uh, but rather than listening to my terrible impression, let's listen to Sam Wetworth. Dark Vengeance. The true story of Darth Maul and his revenge against the Jedi known as Obi-Wan Kenobi. By Rebecca Roanhorse. Read for you by Sam Witwer. Tell me, child, do you know who I am? Do they whisper my name in the classrooms of your academy? Down the winding halls of your space station? In the hollows and fields of your farming planet? Or across the dunes of your desert home? If they do, what do they say of me? That I was once a great Sith Lord, apprentice to the most powerful being in the galaxy. That I killed the legendary Jedi named Qui-Gon Jinn at the Battle of Naboo. Do they remember my glory? Mm. My distinctive... This is actually him reading his resume. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> His Sith Lord resume. He's on LinkedIn. <laughs> Do they know <laughs> that I have <laughs> complete A-plus skills in Microsoft Excel? Um, so there it is. I joke, but I'm, I'm pretty hyped. This honestly is the best way to experience this. And they're, they're getting the whole cast, pretty much, of the Clone Wars back. Catherine Tabor, uh, James Arnold Taylor, and many more to voice these short stories and I'm pretty hyped. We'll have a link to You can listen. It's the 13 minutes. They have the whole shebang right there on StarWars.com. Uh, and I love the cover of Captain Rex, too. But uh, are you, are you, When is, when is the, this coming out? Let's see. It uh, 11 authors. Oh, August 25th. Ah, yes. Coming out soon. <gasps> Dang. Next week. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Lord have mercy. I'm yeah. expecting it to be like months from now. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's. It's around the corner. Audio- hey, do you remember last year about this time on the show? I realized when I canceled my Audible, I lost all my credits. <laughs> AudibleTrial.com slash Star Wars Report. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, they gave me my credits back, and I've stayed a member since, and I've built up some credits. I've, I've used them on other, but, but I'm using one on this one for sure. I, Absolutely. A thousand percent. I, as am I. And you can too. Actually, you laugh, but you actually can go and use our affiliate link. We appreciate that. Um, if you want to help out the show. But I will say, I wish that they had done this with um, some of the uh, canceled... Star Wars Resistance. No. (laughs) No, I wish that they had done this with some of the additional scripts and um, animatic episodes that they never released, particularly the Boba Fett series of episodes. Yes. Daniel Logan was recently on Twitter talking about it, and man, I would have been I would have been pretty excited if 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 they had that as an option. Yeah, why don't they? That that should be fairly easy. I get maybe this will be a little bit of a, a trial and just to see how how big of a hit it is. And I, for one, would love to support this because I mean, let's be honest, this is far this to me is far more compelling as far as Star Wars storytelling than than from a certain point of view, which I I have here. Right, hang on, I got it. 
Because they did that with Dooku Jedi Lost. They did. They did that, yeah. It started as an audio drama and then graduated to book status. Yes. Um, and then I guess they just had the audiobook version of... Uh, what was the Asajj Ventress novel? I'm blanking on the title at the moment off the top of my head. Aaron, Aaron uh, Goins would know if I, I could do it. You can, uh, I'm sure we're, you, people are yelling at their phones. Well, but, she was in the Dooku Jedi Lost one. Yes. Yes, she was. But yes, she, she there was. was a different one? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I, it, it came out a while ago, but it was okay. basically finishing her story from the Clone Wars, and they took episode scripts and essentially wrote a novel version of it. And that, that to me, hearing that as sort of an audio drama format... Is is what I would love to hear, and and just release oh, it on uh, Audible. Dark Disciple. That's the one. Dark That's Disciple. It. Yeah. Um. So like the the example and where they kind of started this was the um from a certain point of view, which I have an exclusive signed edition from New York Comic Con. I've literally this is my first time cracking it open. I'm sorry, guys. Oh. oh um, but anyway, <clears throat> oh my. Um. But it's a series of kind of fly-on-the-wall style stories set throughout uh, Star Wars. And I know you've read this. Bruce. I did the audio version, which I somewhat regret because I didn't quite like it. Mm. Wasn't your thing. But are you more excited for the Clone Wars uh, anthology? I, really, I am, actually, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's because of that, that and we're going to talk about this later in the show, it's because of the the goodwill, I think, and the the place in Star Wars fandom that the Clone Wars has established, um, I think that the response to this is going to be significantly greater than the response to From a Certain Point of View. And I and I, I foresee this being successful, paving the way for more. And and, and we've seen more. We saw the, the uh, Dooku uh, audio drama release. So I, I for one, am, am, am all about this this continued format. So... I hope that they do more of it. Um, and, and I think, you know, speaking of goodwill and fandom, uh, John Favreau is making the rounds. He and Dave Filoni uh, recently were talking to Deadline. They did an, another one of these sort of Zoom. It's kind of funny. Everybody's doing podcasts now, <laughs> Zoom calls and Skype calls. Um, yep. but I've done several today. I, I I pulled this. The story intrigued me not just because of it was. They talk a little bit about season two, but of course they can't really reveal anything. But it, it kind of uh, gives us an opportunity to revisit Mandalorian, and I was kind of interested in your take on on some of what Favreau says here, uh, Bruce, because the the headline reads: John Favreau talks about keeping core Star Wars fans while reaching out to new ones, and the quote reads. Uh, we wanted to uh, to really wind it back to the things that inspire the original Star Wars and really get small in scale to tell simple stories um, because uh, part of what you inherit when you're going to see Star Wars is this whole history because the stories have been told for decades. Um, he goes on to say, but we always knew, and this is something I learned over at Marvel working with Kevin Feige, uh, you always want to keep core fans... <clears throat> core fans in mind because they have um they've been the ones that have been keeping the torch lit for many many years but these stories are these are also stories for young people and new audiences 
these are myths, so you want to have an outstretched hands to people who might not have the background so that you're really telling two stories at once. You're telling the story for people who are the fresh eyes and you're telling the story for the people who've been there with the property and with the stories and with the characters for so many years and you're making sure that you're honoring them as well. So it's it's it gets into that recipe of of why why it's so popular why specifically mandalorian i think has established such goodwill with the core fan i'm not talking about it's had an incredible audience and critical response writ large for disney plus it's like the number one hit but within our little bubble of hardcore star wars fandom and podcasts and youtube channels and social media the mandalorian has just had this insanely positive um reaction uh coming in at the exact same time as uh the rise of skywalker which probably wasn't as controversial as the last jedi but certainly still maintained as as all of the the main disney trilogy films have a level of contention and controversy um but mandalorian just kind of carved out this spot where i i, I can't think of anyone who's like man it sucks yeah, John Favreau sucks. Yeah. He's ruined Star Wars. Spoiled my childhood. Um, and and rather than just me talking about it, they, they didn't have audio of that first cl- quote, which is why I wanted to read it to you, Bruce. But if you'll indulge me one more moment, uh, John Favreau. Let's see, right about here. Let me make sure I get to the right spot in the video. Has this to say? Uh, because there was already Star Wars already had the big spectacle because the films had gone on. They were up to the ninth episode and it was a space opera and it was big with big visual effects and, and the story stories grow over time. So they usually start small with a few characters and then the implications uh, echo out over the years as the stakes become higher and higher. This was an opportunity to prune everything back to the beginnings again and um, having new characters allowed us to do that. We weren't continuing anything. We were paying tribute to uh, what had been established in the, in the old films. And also, you know, part of it was drawing inspiration from what George Lucas originally drew inspiration from for Star Wars, for, the, for A New Hope, which was the samurai film, which was the Western, which was uh, the old Flash Gordon series, World War II films. And so when we did research and when we had discussions with the various directors and department heads, we would put up the same reference that George would put up for his crew originally. And what's really mind blowing, honestly, is that here it was so um, there's so much to trying to create that authenticity to make it feel akin to what George had done. And then you realize that George was doing it without a roadmap. Mm-hmm. We have Star Wars to look back at. We could say, ah, make it a little bit more like the the, the monster from, you know, uh, uh, the Phantom Menace, or make it look more like, you know, we have reference points. Uh, and, then, of course, and of course, the audience have that too. So when you have a scene, That's right. like when Mando... So, that, and and he, I think he illustrates a, a very different approach to Star Wars that um, has worked. Is, is that one of the flaws of the sequel trilogy? Is it the weight, the baggage? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think this is, this is even the case with a lot of franchises, too. Mm. I think it's always trying to outdo itself. Yeah. You know, trying to go bigger, bolder, 
repeating things but do it bigger. I mean, how many times do we see things in the sequel trilogy that are similar to what we've seen in other Star Wars movies? It's just bigger. You know, the ATET walkers are even bigger this time around. Or, you know, I mean, it's just always something that's just a little more. And it's trying Mm. to echo the others where I think here John Favreau is taking a good approach with the Mandalorian and saying, hey, look, you know, first of all, the weight is off of them that they're not playing with any existing characters. Mm. You know, I mean, they're going to bring some in. We know in season two, they may echo some of them, but the weight of this is on original characters. And so you're able to have some freedom and flexibility to do what you want. And no one has certain expectations of your characters. These are all brand new. So you can introduce them the way you want to introduce them and, and present them the way you want them presented in their characterizations. And then also to, in the TV environment, in the streaming environment of several episodes, you're able to allow the stories to breathe. Mm. You know, there's so many times where they do these movies, these big budget movies, and things get end up on the cutting room floor and how many times do you hear somebody say oh there were so many plot holes i hear that like in every big budget movie there's so many plot holes and it really he he hits a point about keeping stories simple i'd like to see a little more of that you Mm. know just a little more simple storytelling Mm -hmm. that's that's really good and interesting and you know i do enjoy this sequel trilogy i love it i'm not knocking it but i do understand that it just has certain weight to it that is a bit too much you know? Yeah, it's interesting how um, the the fan community has divided so much over projects like the sequel trilogy versus something like The Mandalorian. It's fascinating me, to me to see how these lines have been drawn, and and it's because it, and funny enough, I think Bruce, as far as regulars on this show, you and I are probably the most pro sequel trilogy of of like our group of Star Wars friends. Like, yes. you and I walked out of that press screening of The Last Jedi and loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a blast. And I, I still, I think it's a great film. I think, it, I mean, it has its flaws. But um, I, I kind of, it, 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 the way that Jon Favreau talks about Star Wars and Star Wars fandom, it, it's incongruous with a lot of the other, a, a lot of other storytellers um, in the Disney era. And what I mean by that is like for a lot of the authors and I, I, I won't be get specific because that's not the point here as far as it's calling anybody out or anything like that. But broadly speaking, I see um, authors with social media presences uh, and even Ryan Johnson, I guess, as an example um, with so- social media preference, make statements that are um, at, in the best light, highly critical of the negative aspects of Star Wars fandom. And that's painting it in the best light, uh, like calling out um, bad behavior and bad segments of fandom. But it, when the creators sort of get in on that level of, of the fan community, where the creators are, take responsibility for policing bad behavior, I think that's where you get this contentious environment where you, when you have, uh, I, I think that sort of poured gas on the, uh, fire already for things like the last jedi and you just don't when you when you hear um john favreau talk about focusing on creating a myth that's for new generation and for an uh for the original fans it's just a stark contrast to uh star wars creatives that are frankly just concerned with calling out all the bad behavior of 
the original trilogies and the dude bros and, and, and what have you. So it's, it's interesting to me to, I, I, I think that contrast has really, really positively affected the reception to the Mandalorian almost overly. So because I actually think that, all right, here's a controversial opinion. Everybody sit hold on to your butts. I think, broadly speaking, the Mandalorian is a little overrated in some ways. Um, to <gasps> me, to me, it, as a fan, for me personally, it didn't have the same impact that um, some of the other uh, Disney era Star Wars storytelling did. And and well, I it's it, and I think part of that it wasn't might, as epic. That's why. And I th- but I think that. Um, if uh, I guess fundamentally speaking, it really comes down to a tone that contrasts the difference between someone respecting uh, fandom and rising above the worst parts, which I think John Favreau and Dave Filoni do impeccably, versus a culture of of corporate hostility and name calling towards the worst aspects shining a light on and bringing forward and pouring gas on the fire of the worst instincts of star wars fandom and that's not making an excuse for bad behavior it's just pointing out the fact that i think it's a lot healthier when creatives are able to rise above um and and take off the policeman uniform when it comes to fandom what do you i am do you am i am i venturing too far you get where i'm kind of coming from i mean i get get what you're saying but you know the police thing yeah i'm i'm assuming that these creatives when they when they have uh, exchanges with the negativity in fandom i think that they sit there and they think that hey you know what Everyone that I'm surrounded with, all the executives, the numbers show that what I did worked. And hmm. there's just a small group of little whiny people, and I really don't care. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I don't think it's so much policing, but just having fun with them because they think they're ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. And I, and I, and I, and really outside of our fandom bubble, nobody cares, right? Nobody knows. Nobody, not, like, the majority of people don't really care that much. Yeah, no. I mean, most people like went to the last, see the last Jedi, decide whether or not they liked it, and moved on with their lives. <laughs> exactly. Unlike yeah. us, obviously, who are still talking about it. I know. I can't believe we're still talking about the last Jedi. What is wrong with us? <laughs> right. Right. Well, Haven't I mean, we already talked about this movie enough. I, I, I mean, never, never. We're not. Listen, once uh, Pinky promised for me here at the Star Wars Report, we're never going to be done talking about any of the Star Wars movies. Well, that's why that's, this is the Star Wars report. Mm, exactly. Um, I pulled this Esquire uh, quote from a, a Hollywood Reporter uh, interview with Dave Filoni, where they ask him about Lucas's perspective on the Mandalorian, and I thought it was kind of cogent to the topic at hand. He asked about getting feedback from Lucas on The Mandalorian. Dave said, quote, not a tremendous amount. Uh, We talk about other stuff. When I talk with him, I like to get more knowledge. He'll give me some reminders, especially before I shoot something about setups, how I should try it, how many I should get in a day, how I can rack his brain for certain things about how to cover a scene. He's been very complimentary. I think he enjoyed the show. And he said once uh, now that uh, he gets to watch it as a fan and watch it as a viewer. Uh, my job is to bring that knowledge forward and pass on what I've learned from him in every discipline to John and to the creative departments. So 
not talking about the the other movies, but they're sort of uh, you. All you have to do is pull up a copy of Bob Iger's recent memoir, Ride of a Lifetime, and he has a chapter where he talks about um, the sale and talks about Lucas feeling betrayed and 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 frustrated by the storytelling process and and how that was handled and you, and you see that contrast not just from the fandom perspective but I think you see it here with Dave Filoni and John Favreau and how they're approaching the Mandalorian just the fact that he says I get to watch it as a fan George famously once uh talked about how he he was never going to be able to appreciate or watch Star Wars the way we do. And I think this was at a Star Wars celebration, complete with, you know, crowds of rabid fans in the audience. And there was sort of a tone of of wistfulness in his voice when he made that admission. So to see him say, I'm finally, you know, get to enjoy Star Wars as a fan, like that that that's pretty cool to me, if you ask me. It is, but, you know, it, it's just not the same way. Because, yeah. I mean, we can watch it as fans. We always have. He's the creator of it. Now he's seeing people play in his sandbox and doing what they want to do with his universe. And that's got to be a little unsettling. Yeah. You got to be sitting there watching going, oh, no, why'd they do that with that? Oh, no, I wouldn't want to have that happen. Oh, you know, now, you know, that that reflects on my movies and takes my character <laughs> in a different direction than what I wanted. And, you know, it's it's got to be weird, you know? Yeah. Across the board, yeah. It really does. It really does. And, you know, people say, like, oh, I bet George didn't like the sequel trilogy. Well, I mean, okay, there's controversy in the sequel trilogy, but let's just pretend for a second that everybody loved the sequel trilogy, all three movies, like, and said it's the best Star Wars trilogy ever. And it won, you know, Oscars for best (laughs) pictures, all three. Yeah. George will still probably say he doesn't like them, and he probably would hate them even more in a way <laughs> because they did it yeah. better than him. Yeah. What a feeling that would be. You guys should be thankful that these movies aren't as good as his. That we did a favor to George. Thank you, JJ and Ryan. You did a favor. <laughs> Love you. That's an interesting. I, you know, I, I've never heard it uh, put that well uh, that way. Well put, sir. The um, the idea that like, what if these were universally loved i mean i guess force awakens was kind of that for its time for in the moment as it came out there was the accolades and that that couldn't have helped george's the white slavers um, <laughs> attitude right. at the time um i the Iger quote at that time and this is leading up to the force awakens was quote george immediately immediately got upset as they begin to describe the plot and it dawned on him that we weren't using one of the stories that he had submitted during negotiations you know that's kind of like that that's a kind of abrupt way to to break that news to the creator of star wars it's just like at a table read he's like ah it's i don't it's not what i it's not jaina where's jaina no he would never put jaina in (laughs) (laughs) oh i you know i will say this though i miss george this is the star wars report podcast we would be honored if you would join us. Mm. We got to talk about. We got to talk about some Lego. Um, why? Because I love Lego. So not only is there a new Lego set coming out, set number seven five two nine four, the Bespin Duel, September first. I'm hyped. Uh, I I'm absolutely hyped. 
But there's also a Lego Star Wars holiday special. Yes. Hold on to your hold on to your butts. Headline reads Lego is making a new Star Wars holiday special. Premiering November 17th on the Disney Plus streaming service, the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special brings beloved heroes like Ray, Finn, and Poe Dameron back together to celebrate, wait for it, Life Day. The Star Wars-y holiday introduced back in the infamous uh, holiday special aired November 17th, 1978. Aw, look at that. Same day. Same day, Bruce. The new project features animated building block versions of the characters throughout the Star Wars history and pays homage to the special's disco-era predecessor, which has become a so-bad-it's-good cult favorite, as fans have found it via video-sharing sites and bootleg videos. Um, So not only is it going to uh, focus on Life Day just like the original holiday special. It's also kind of like going to be a, um, I was reading some quotes online from the producer about they're taking um, inspiration from other classic holiday specials as well. And the classic holiday <laughs> as, movies. As if there's many of them. I mean, no, but like it's, they said they're going to reference uh, it's a wonderful life and like uh, oh, that, <laughs> a few I other Star Wars one. No, <laughs> I mean, I guess Sinatra used to have his holiday specials, Bing Crosby, right? Uh, so yeah, maybe the they'll Muppets have some more. Or, um, yeah. I, there, gosh darn, better be musical numbers. That's all I'm saying. I need a Princess Leia music mm. number. Yeah. I, I have to have Princess Leia sing in this. Can we have? Can we have? Can we have a? Can we have a watch party? Can we do a, a a watch party of the holiday special? I want. Is that is that too much? Is that too much to ask? Are you guys no. in Star Wars Report at Gmail dot com? Email us. Uh, watch live watch party. We could fire it up on YouTube live. Everybody sync up. We all watch the holiday special together. Um, I think it'd be fantastic. I'd be all about. It. We celebrate the. D- <laughs> we celebrate. I mean, listen to those dulcet tones of uh, Carrie Fisher. Mark Hamill famously, famously uh, said that they had a musical number for him, and he refused. He said, "I can't do that. I can't. I can't do it." Now's his chance to do it. Yeah. You know, the funny thing enough is they try to turn it into the main theme. Anyways, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop right there. Listen, I don't know how you beat that. I don't know how you beat that classic uh, and how you possibly make that work. But you know what? I believe in them. I love the Lego specials. I've been watching them on Disney+. Plus. They're like seriously the best thing ever. So, uh, you know. Speaking of Disney+. Plus, It's worth a lot to me. As you wish. Uh, it's that time. It's Boba's Bounty. Uh, we're talking all things Star Wars, what we've been up to recently. Uh, I'll kick us off. It's, it's super simple. I, I watched, um, I don't know how much of a recommendation it is, but I watched most of the uh, Galaxy's Edge special, Adventure Awaits. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, Adventure Awaits. Oh, I keep forgetting to watch that. On, on Disney+. Plus. And it, yeah, you're not missing much. Uh, oh, no. Now I'm disappointed. It's just, I mean, it's... um. It's an infomercial. It's an infomercial for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. It sort of dumbs down and takes all everything that, that if you didn't know anything about Galaxy's Edge, 
they take celebrities and introduce you to each ride restaurant thing to do. They take a celebrity that walks you through Savvy's workshop and a celebrity that like Jay Leno takes you through Smuggler's Run because he's like a car guy and it's the Millennium Falcon. You know, a lot of sort of loosely, loosely tied together. Um, speaking of like variety specials, it's very, very much has that feel. But it has Neil Patrick Harris in it and Keegan-Michael Key. Um, uh, it, it's it's a great, you know, lineup of cast. and And it's kind of... It's it's fun, but very, very cheesy, <laughs> and you're not going to learn a lot of new stuff about it, but having said that, I thoroughly enjoyed the production value, and it really does a great job of showing off Galaxy's Edge. So, for example, if you have a family member who doesn't know anything about it, is not really into it, this would be a great way to sort of introduce Galaxy's Edge as a concept if you're trying to like sell the family on, on a Disney vacation, you know, in like a year when we can do Disney vacations. <laughs> So they're selling the idea of doing Disney vacations at Galaxy's Edge. And if you've already done it, you can use this to sell other members so they can go with you and they'll want to go with you. That's kind that's, of the, that's the best use, I would say, for, for the audience, for you guys listening to this podcast. You've already heard us talk about everything at Galaxy's Edge. Not, I'm just saying, we've been there, done that, and, and, and shared it on the podcast. So you're not going to learn new stuff. But You know, what I, I want them to do maybe a Disney Plus special that mm. takes place at Galaxy's Edge and make it look like a movie like oh. on location and, and take, the actual like, take, you take know. Vi Marathi and like do a little miniature yeah. like a TV special adventure or a holiday special, but no, a TV <laughs> adventure special. Yeah, I think that would be cool because yeah. then once you watch that, mm. then you're going to be really wanting to go back and go yeah. to all the places you, you just that you just saw these adventures take place in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that'd, that'd be amazing. I mean, all they got to do is, I mean, there's nobody there right now anyway. <laughs> right. There's nobody in the one at Disneyland, uh, which is still close. They could, they could gather up a filming crew. It'd be great. Absolutely. Um, Mr. Bruce Gibson, uh, you got anything you've been up to? Uh, not a whole lot, mm. but I have been watching some YouTube videos lately of people watching Uh-oh. Star Wars movies for the first time. <laughs> Nice. And, you know, you start watching one of them, and then all these recommendations come up with other people. And mm-hmm. I feel like everybody in the freaking world is doing videos of watching Star Wars for the first time. I'm like, why is this your first time? Why are so many people seeing it for the first time? <laughs> but it's so fun to watch in a lot of ways because it's just what people pick up on, you know, not knowing really much about Star Wars and things they pick up while they're watching the movie and you see what they're getting right. Mm, you know, like, yeah. oh, I think that might be Palpatine, that guy. Yeah, yeah well, you're right. You know, so it's just, it's been kind of fun. But yeah, once you start that, you get recommendations of all these other people doing it. Okay, nice. I, I you know, I have fallen down the YouTube rabbit hole on, on, a, on different Star Wars, uh, different Star Wars things over the years. Um, I have never fallen onto, the, I've refused. There's like a week where the YouTube algorithm decided that I needed to watch all of the Mike Zero um, Star Wars theory videos. <laughs> yeah. Which do you know? Do you, are you familiar with Mike Zero? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're listening and you don't know the Mike, Mike Zero's basically his whole YouTube channel is sort of a if an AI robot just skimmed MakingStarWars.net and just spat out semi coherent text about random Star Wars characters and events in the sequel trilogy. <laughs> And 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 sort of and just basically makes up rumors as they go. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious. Um, but he, the uh, I, the YouTube algorithm is like, yeah, you got to watch these. He puts out like five videos a day. 
Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, my gosh. He does that many? Well, Ugh. yeah, because he does, like, the, they're on the same story. He just does different versions. It's just it's pure clickbait and, and view counting. It's just like, we're going to do five yeah. stories on five different Ray theories that are very poorly constructed. Uh, I But I digress. The YouTube Star Wars rabbit hole is is indeed that, a, a quite quite a rabbit hole, um, if you will. So um, I'm going to say this real quick. Uh, we're going to do something a little, a little different here on the show now? As, we, as we close right. out yeah um <gasps> oh, i'm so I have a scared. special i have a special surprise a special surprise a a bonus a in fact really cool giveaway um of two prize packages that i've personally put together from the uh, star wars report uh closet as i'm d- dubbing it here in the studio uh and we're gonna tell you exactly how you can get uh, these two prize packages and what are in, what is in the prize packages your first your I'll, I'll tell you one of the items uh, both packages include a brand new sealed in box Google Nest mini smart home which you can use to listen to the Star Wars report that's just that's just one of the many cool items uh, stick around after the credits and we'll tell you how to get the rest but having said that that's gonna bring this episode of the Star Wars Report to a close. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode. We've had a grand time. Bruce, as always, thanks so much for coming on, man. Yeah, thank you. I'm craving a cheeseburger now. A cheeseburger? I don't know why. Just I was going to say, was so. it something I said? <laughs> no, I'm just, just now like, I'm hungry. I'm doing the I'm show. I'm kind of hungry, too. Um, man, maybe... Anyways, uh, you distract me now. Now I'm all I can think about is cheeseburger and uh, tater tots. Well, well, here's what you want. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's 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 actually do our final business here. Uh, you can stay in touch with the show. Here's the best ways to do it: social media. It's simply at Star Wars Report. You can also go to Facebook.com/slash Star Wars Report. Uh, subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating or a review. That always really helps, especially if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening to the show, you can see all the show notes right there on the app, all the links to every story that we've talked about, um, including that deadline link. You could, there's a whole half-hour conversation they have with Dave Filoni and John Favreau. It's, it's really cool. So you can listen to the whole thing right there. Uh, and while you're there, leave us a rating and review on the Apple Podcasts app. Um, and... Uh, don't forget the newsletter, starsreport.com slash mailing list. I'll be uh, sending out a new newsletter this week. So make sure you're subscribed, Star Wars, uh, starsreport.com slash mailing list. Uh, sending out some choice headlines, first reactions to news, updates on the show. Uh, make sure you're subscribed, starsreport.com slash mailing list. Mr. Bruce Gibson, tell the people where they can find you on the internet. Well, since I'm regular, you can find me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. That's Admiral with the underline Rex. And then I'm doing a podcast called Positively Trek, and we do multiple episodes. Mm. Uh, some weeks there's two episodes coming out. Sometimes there's three in a Dang. week. Dang. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, we're already up to number 30. Nice. <laughs> I like it. Nice. That's awesome, Compared man. to your 444. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> It has been uh, 11 years, so <laughs> there's that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that, that's awesome. Well, make sure you follow and we'll have links to it. Uh, I'm also on social media at the Riley Guy, R-I-L-E-Y, at the Riley Guy. It's a lot of fun. Twitter, Instagram is really my preferred uh, platform of choice. You can stay in touch and also follow my dog, Sky. Uh, 
She's adorable. Yes. <laughs> she made some cameo appearances at the beginning of the show before we started recording uh, when we were talking all things Rogue Transmissions, which is our exclusive Patreon-only podcast. Make sure you uh, check out the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash Star Wars Report, uh, and you can see all of this cool bonus content we have there, including Rogue Transmissions. We recently did our Bothan High Council Hangout on Skype. Uh, you can listen to the audio there as well. It's all available available at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Until next time, guys, may the Force be with you. And uh, stick around for the sweet giveaway. Oh, yeah, and many Bothans died to bring you this podcast. This is a Star Wars report. Oh, that's the wrong button. Oh, how high? So you stuck around, did you? That's why I, I, I like to do this thing where I tag the end of the show. This is only for you guys who listened all the way through the credits, all the plugs, and now you're here. And it's like, wait, Riley and Bruce are still here talking to you. Yes, we are. Yeah, hello? Are hello there. Hello. Uh, come here, my little friend. It does, he, old Obi-Wan's kind of creepy, right? Yes. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't seem to ever remember owning a drone. <laughs> R2D, she was like, what? Um, here's what you want to do. Uh, if you have either ever left us an Apple Podcast review or you have not yet taken that opportunity, uh, I want to help get the word out about the show, but also send out some really freaking cool prize packages here. So I have two packages. Um, Bruce, you're not going to believe this. This is the, the uh, these are the best prize packages we've ever done. So, uh, here's the way to win them. All you got to do is leave us a rating or a review, or if you've already done so, you can still enter, uh, by just emailing us starwarsreport at gmail.com and letting us know that you've done so and what your uh, iTunes, uh, name is as well as your mailing address. And, uh, we will randomly select two prize winners uh, to receive one of our two prize packages. Prize package numero uno is a Patreon exclusive. God, I, I keep interrupting myself by playing my own audio. Uh, <laughs> is prize, that your twin brother? I feel like I feel like the shopping network. Um, prize package number one is a Google Nest Mini. I'm showing it. No one can see this except Bruce. Bruce, you get to see like the cool things. Brand new sealed in box Google well, Nest well, Mini, well. as well as a Google Chromecast. Uh, yeah yeah. so you can get that for uh, television a bb8 mug oh i like that yeah it's super cool and then um got this kind of uh actual art of bb8 uh in the front and then a kind of a cool key art on the other side and then um a a prize pack of tops galactic cards um 2018 trading cards Mm. Uh, which is kind of fun. And then finally, I, I would say the coolest model. item is a special limited edition. Uh, what? What's the official title here? Tops Archives Signature Series Certified Autograph 2018 of Ashley Eckstein. 
It's a special Sith holocron edition, Sith information guide. And it's it kind of works as a as a target card. It's like Ahsoka Tano, Tano, Jedi criminal. And on the back, it has sort of the Sith information file on Ahsoka. So it's like height, weight, homeworld. Um, and then it reads, sometimes headstrong children can do much harm in serious adult affairs. And this was indeed the case with a Jedi Padawan, Ahsoka Tano, petulant and emotionally immature, the scrawny Togruta frequently got in her own fumbling way during battles and rescue operations, yet miraculously survived encounters with General Grievous, Asajj Ventress, and among, um, and among others. So it's, 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 one, it's a wanted poster. Uh, and there it is, signed by Ashley Eckstein. Yeah, uh, look at that. You know, you must really like your listeners because mm. you could actually just keep all this stuff, but you're giving it away. Well, you know, I I like to I, I like to share because like it's things that I I don't personally display, and otherwise they're just in the closet. And I I have all this stuff over the years that have piled up, and I've basically I'm just turning it into a prize closet, and we're going to keep doing this. Uh, I'll say the other prize package number two uh, is. A completed, not just a few, but a complete box of the uh, Star Wars Galactic Files trading cards from Tops, and uh, in each box there's two hits, including one autograph guaranteed. So a Ooh. mystery autograph uh, that also has a Google Nest Mini and a copy of the brand new, just out, uh, William Shakespeare's The Merry Rise of Skywalker, <gasps> courtesy of uh, Quest Books. Or nice. Yeah, quirk books. So, um, yeah, yeah, do that. Uh, that and that. All, and finally, the pork mug. Yes, uh, of course. Yeah, from Zach. Uh, Zach's pork mug. It's it's amazing. Um, so you can uh, you can that is prize package number two. So be one of our two uh, winners. Shoot us an email, starsreport at gmail dot com with your iTunes name and mailing address, and we will randomly select two winners, and I will be mailing them to you this week. The cutoff is. Uh, at the show is released today wednesday the 19th you got to email us by sunday this coming sunday uh and we will uh mail you your prize package star report at gmail.com and that means i'm gonna cut off this episode of the star wars report podcast